Hello and welcome to Pediapod for October 2020. This month, the use of rapid exome sequencing in a subset of complex patients in the paediatric intensive care unit. Effective decision-making in the paediatric intensive care unit relies on quickly ascertaining diagnostic information in order to deliver a tailored clinical response. The utility of rapid genetic testing of critically ill patients has been demonstrated several times owing to their relatively high diagnostic yield. However, the cost and slow turnaround of results have been major barriers in the past to the widespread uptake of this technology in the clinical setting. If results take too long, their clinical usefulness is starkly diminished. Recent evidence suggests that rapid exome sequencing is not only sufficiently f- recent evidence suggests that rapid exome sequencing is not only sufficiently fast but also cost effective in an intensive care unit setting. In this episode I spoke to Professor Stephen Kearney from Columbia University Irving Medical Center and Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital. He conducted a pilot study to assess what impact the use of rapid exome sequencing would have on the length of stay of children admitted to the paediatric intensive care unit with metabolic or neurological disease. The results suggest that genetic assessments of this kind can now be fast enough to have an impact on critical care decision-making and management in a subset of patients, ultimately reducing inpatient cost. So we are the largest children's hospital in New York City, but we're not a huge children's hospital compared to some of the other major centers. So we do have a highly complicated population, and some of those children tend to stay in the hospital for a long period of time. The idea behind this study was to see if for some of these complicated children who we really don't have a diagnosis for, would it be beneficial in expediting their genetic workup to see if we could more quickly get to a diagnosis that we could both potentially intervene upon and also expedite their overall hospital stay. So I wonder if you could give us a sense of why now. Previously, these assessments would have presumably just taken too long. Is, is that it? It's an advance in the technology? Genetic sequencing has been around not a long time, but really almost a decade now where we could do sophisticated genetic analysis, but only in the last couple of years has the ability to do it quickly really come about. So the idea in intensive care units is can we do it quick enough to actually affect that child's immediate hospital course and not have to wait months as we have done previously to figure out what might be their underlying genetic condition that's predisposing them to being sick. So the work we're here to talk about today involved rapid exome sequencing. Could you just describe that and how it differs from whole genome sequencing? There are kind of two ways to do genetic tests on children who you might think have a genetic predisposition to their disease. One is to do targeted genetic screening. So if a child comes in with epilepsy, there are certain epilepsy panels that will screen for genes known to cause epilepsy. The second approach is what we used, and it's kind of an unbiased approach, and that's exome sequencing. Some people do whole genome sequencing to really get at the same thing, which is to scan the entire genome for potential mutations that may cause the underlying disease. Exome sequencing only looks at a very small part of the entire sequencing material available. It just looks for coding regions that actually make the proteins. Whole genome sequencing sequences everything else. 
What we do know about both genome sequencing and exome sequencing is most of the pathologic mutations we find are in the exome. So we find them with exome sequencing, though in some circumstances, whole genome sequencing can identify additional type of mutations that may cause a problem with the, with the protein. As you said, the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit represents all manner of different complicated cases, but you in this study had to take a, a fairly targeted approach. I wonder if you could tell us how you selected the patients that you involved in this study. So in the two years prior to the study had really been a time when we were doing a lot more exome sequencing on patients who we really didn't know what was going on. So when we reviewed it over a two-year period, we had 26 patients who we did just kind of unbiased exome sequencing on who had a variety of problems. We found that six of those patients had what we thought was a causative mutation, but only nine patients out of that 26 fit the criteria we used for this study, meaning they were young, they either had seizures or some kind of metabolic disorder um, that was undiagnosed. So with this study, what we decided to do is if we just targeted a small percentage, it ended up being a little less than 1% of our total ICU admissions to do rapid sequencing on, which is more difficult, it's more expensive than regular exome sequencing, could we potentially really figure out an interventionable mutation in those patients? And would it decrease their overall hospital course and the subsequent um, cost of hospitalization? I can see why it would be a complicated matter to have kind of concurrent control patients in a study like this. So you went for historical controls. I wonder if you could briefly explain the rationale behind that decision. So we took those identical clinical criteria that we used to enroll the patients, and we looked over a couple of previous years, and we identified 100 patients which fit that criteria, and it ended up being about the same percentage of overall ICU patients as we did for our study. So it was a little less than 1%. And so let's say the results then, what impact did this rapid exome sequencing have on how long these complex patients were in the hospital for? So in the 10 patients that we were able to do this rapid sequencing on, the hospital length of stay was an average of 15 days. In the historical controls, it was 59 days. And interestingly, in that cohort I mentioned to you that we based it on, that we did not use in our control population, that length of stay in those patients was 82 days. Wow. Sounds like really, really significant results. I, I'm interested, how rapid is rapid and was it fast enough to improve diagnostics? For us, rapid meant a seven-day turnaround to a verbal result. And in the 10 patients we enrolled, we found a mutation in five of those patients. And three of the five the mutation was felt to be causing their disease and there was an intervention done to try to mitigate some of the effects of that mutation. So one way of looking at it is that really seven of the 10 did not have something that was actionable immediately, yet we still saw a quite reduced length of stay. One of the reasons we at least hypothesize this might occur is just because oftentimes 
families are waiting on a variety of decision making for their child until the workup is completed. And typically the rate limiting step is the genetic testing, which typically takes two to three months, at least in our institution. Do you think that those patients were just diagnosed and treated more expediently, or do you think that they received different treatment that they would otherwise have done? We do know that three of them did receive different treatment based on the information that came from the rapid exome sequencing. I think for the other ones, it was a matter of just simply completing the workup more expeditiously than we normally would have been able to do. As you mentioned, rapid exome sequencing is currently quite expensive. Do you have a sense of whether that increased speed with which you, you know, reached diagnosis kind of counteracted that cost? Time equals money. And it's far more expensive every day a child is in the hospital. And so because hospital costs are not truly comparable from institution to institution, length of stay is something that's very objective and is clearly related to cost of care. So although it's a bit of a blunt tool, I don't think anybody would argue that if you can decrease length of stay, you're going to be saving the the system, the child, the institution, everyone else, a lot of money. In terms of the utility of this technology outside of your particular institution, do you think that you had a particularly good setup for this process to work? Were you processing the samples on site and would other institutions be as well suited to this kind of work? We do in-house sequencing here, but until this study was done, it was not done rapidly. And so how we were able to do this was really to convince the hospital that if we sent these samples out to an outside vendor, then it would be cost effective for the hospital because we could do it so much quicker by sending it outside. So the answer to the question is any institution could do this because we did use an outside vendor. Now, subsequently, because of this work, we convinced our own internal processes to expedite certain cases that we identify. So any child coming in with these underlying conditions now, we do it internally, but get rapid turnaround. So the results of this study were were clearly very promising in favor of rapid exome sequencing. It was a small trial though, wasn't it? It was 10, 10 patients in total. What are you planning to broaden that out and do something bigger? So what we're doing now is we have essentially made this standard for this subset of patients. What we are moving towards is any patient who we believe might benefit from exome sequencing to do it rapidly. I do think all pediatric ICUs should be doing this in some form. Hopefully, we've added at least some very objective criteria that people can use to potentially pilot it, where it's not going to be a large population that they do this on initially. And it is still expensive, and you have to be careful about selecting the population. And I think if it's done properly, it'll end up, number one, providing a tremendous service to the patients and their families. But number two, saving the healthcare system a lot of time and money that is oftentimes spent using a lot of other techniques, invasive and otherwise, trying to get at that underlying diagnosis. That was Professor Stephen Kearney from Columbia University Irving Medical Center and Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital. And that wraps things up for this month. Please join us again for the November edition of Pediapod. 
I'm Jeff Marsh. Thank you for listening.